Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast, where we help men, women, and families learn and live God's good, holy, and beautiful design for sexuality. I'm your host, Josh Glazer, and we're glad you're here. You ready? Let's dive in. Everybody, welcome back. Hey, before I dive into the topic for this week, I want to make two quick announcements, offer you things I think that will be really helpful for you on your journey. Number one, if you are a man and you are pursuing sexual integrity, especially if you're a man who's seeing a therapist or you've got an accountability partner or an accountability group or a support group of any kind, I want to encourage you to take a look on our website for the new product we've created called Awaken. Awaken is really a, a just a fantastic, comprehensive program that helps men who are pursuing sexual integrity. Included in it are 48 individual video lessons that range between eight to 12 minutes in length. There's reading, there are questions for reflection, and there are prayer activities to help you draw closer to Jesus in this journey. In addition, there's an online community that's available for everybody, whether you're enrolling in the course or not. The online community is just a place for men to continue to encourage each other uh, day in and day out throughout the course of the week. It's not the same as having people right near, near you, sitting across from you, or that you're talking to live, but it is at least another source of strength and encouragement for guys on this journey. And secondly, I want to ask a favor of you. If you are a regular listener, listener of this podcast and you find the content here helpful, would you do us a favor and let other people know about the podcast by rating it in Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts? Leave a rating and a review. That actually works in the algorithms to help other people find the podcast. Uh, we're not out for getting famous. We're not out for this, you know, uh, being something that everybody listens to. But those who would find it helpful, those who need encouragement on the journey or need to go deeper in their own journey towards sexual wholeness or relational wholeness, we want them to find out about this ministry so that it can help them too. So help us out by leaving uh, a rating and a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. All right. With those things said, I want to talk this week about a pitfall that I think a lot of people fall into as they're trying to get away from their unwanted sexual behaviors. It's like they're in in the trench on one side of the road, uh, struggling with their lusts, and they jump out of that trench over the road they're supposed to be on and into the, the trench, the ditch on the other side of the road. Well, we don't want that. We want to be on the road. We want to be on the journey, moving away from our unwanted sexual behaviors and anything else that would encumber us and moving towards sexual and relational integrity, living whole lives in relationship to other people, able to look ourselves in the mirror, able to look other people in the eye and free from the things that have held us back. So to illustrate the two sides of the road, the two ditches that we can stumble into, the two pitfalls we can fall into, I want to start with a story. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was in I was in Warsaw, Poland. I was there for a ministry trip with Regeneration. We had the chance to share some just great uh, resources with our Polish brothers and sisters. Tremendous time. But one of the things that surprised me, and it surprised me because my understanding is that Warsaw is a very Catholic city. Poland is is where Pope John Paul II came from. So I was like, you know, I like theology of the body. I thought, hey, man, this is going to be, a, you know, the, the sexual sin is not going to be an issue there. And whoa, was I wrong. As we're walking down the street in Warsaw, it was a common sight to see pornographic flyers tucked underneath people's windshields. So, you know, cars are parked in a parking lot or they're parked all along the street. And uh, adult uh, ed- entertainment industries, um, whether it was strip clubs or, or uh, porn shops or whatever, were like taking their flyers, there's pornographic flyers, and just kind of putting them under people's windshields. And of course, some people would pull them out of their windshields and just drop them on the ground. So there was also just a number of those flyers littered all over the ground. Well, 
I'd been in recovery for a significant amount of time at that point. And I was, again, I was there on a ministry trip, but it was tempting, you know, it was tempting to want to look at these pictures. And, but as I thought about it, and as I was walking with uh, Bob Reagan, who was there with me, we were thinking about just how other people would react to these things. And we we're like, well, there are going to be some guys who have never had any recovery who are going to run across these flyers and they're going to, uh, men or women, and, and they're going to take them and, and be tempted by them and potentially visit these, these, you know, adult entertainment. All right. And just by the way, I don't like the phrase adult entertainment. It's such a misnomer. There's nothing adult about it. Um, to be an adult is to be a mature, whole, integrous person, a person who knows how to master his or her own sexual and romantic drives. That's a true adult. So this is not adult entertainment. In addition, it's not really entertainment. It's exploitation. So this is sexually ex- exploitive stuff. Um, but just for conciseness sake, you know what I'm talking about. So um, anyway, we, we didn't want people to visit these places. We didn't want them to stumble and, and fall into sin. In addition, we thought, man, they're going to be dads and moms and kids who are going to run across this stuff. And we don't want them to be exposed to it. We don't want kids slimed with this stuff. So many of us in our own stories, that's how how we ended up falling into sexual sin because some adult exposed us early on. And so what we decided to do is we were going to collect those flyers and throw them away. So as we walked along, if we passed close enough to a car that had one of them on the, on the windshield, or if there was stuff on the ground, we'd kind of turn our head away a little bit so as not to like look directly at it. And we'd grab it and we'd, you know, have a fistful of these things. And when we got to a trash can, we'd throw them away. And it felt great. It felt like, I mean, especially after so many years of giving into this stuff, for me, it just felt so great to be proactively working against it. Well, at one point I reached over and I grabbed one of these flyers off of a car and then my, and I crumpled up my hand uh, without looking at it. And the host who was driving us said, Hey, here's my car. Let's hop in. So I quickly looked around to find a trash can so I could throw this thing away. And there were no trash cans anywhere nearby. And so I made the quick decision to just hop in his car. So I'm there in the back seat, my fist, uh, and inside my fist is this pornographic flyer. And I wasn't extremely tempted to like, you know, stuff it away in my backpack or my pocket to look at later. Uh, maybe because I was on a ministry trip, maybe because the Lord had just, you know, was giving me a grace or maybe because I was f- far enough along, doesn't matter. But I was aware that I could be tempted and I didn't want to be. And I was also aware of just, and this just comes after years of, of walking with this stuff myself and walking with others in ministry. I was just aware of that there can be demonic stuff attached to this. It's a dark world that quote unquote adult entertainment is a dark industry. And so I just started to pray. I was like, Lord, protect me. Please protect me. Don't let me get slimed by this stuff. Um, don't, don't let anything darkness fall on me. Don't let any darkness fall on me. Don't let me be tempted. Um, just protect me from this. And the Lord spoke to me. And I knew it was the Lord. It, was, it wasn't audible. But in my heart, silently, I heard him speak to me. And I knew it was him because it came by surprise. And what he said was so meaningful to me. So I just said, Lord, protect me. Don't let me get slimed by this stuff. And I heard him say gently, I know her. I know her. And suddenly, like it just flipped my paradigm. I, I, I was worried about me. I was worried about the porn in my hand, it in my hand. And I wasn't aware of the young woman in the image. All right, so this comes back to the pitfall we can fall into when we're trying to walk away from our unwanted sexual behavior. On one side of the road is the ditch of our lusts. 
We want to get away from our lusts, whatever they are, whatever form they, they manifest, whether it's looking at pornography, watching pornographic videos, um, sexual chat online, uh, anonymous hookups, extramarital infidelity. I mean, what, whatever it is, um, we want to get away from that. But when we hop up over the road, where we go to the, on the other side, the other ditch that we can fall into is what I fell into that day. And it's, it's where we look away from that which we have lusted after. And in both cases, we fail to see a human person. Lust doesn't see a human person. It just seems, sees body parts or a, a body, not even the, the full person, not their spirit, not their soul, not their history, not their mind, not their creativity, not their family. It, it sees a body to be used for sexual gratification. But on the other side, we see an object that gets in the way of our sexual integrity, something to avoid because we don't want to fall sexually. So we're in both cases, we're just concerned about ourselves and we're not seeing an actual human being. I've said it here before, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the late Pope John Paul II from Poland, who said, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much, but that it shows too little. And I would expand that to say the problem with lust is that when we lust, we don't see too much, we see too little. And so on both sides of the road, both ditches, in our lusts and in our running away from lusts, do we fail to see a person? On the one side, we see a sexual object. On the other side, we see an obstacle to our own sexual sobriety or our own sexual integrity. Instead, Jesus invites us onto the road with him where we see another human being. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we, we look at porn. So that day, I think I did right to pick up those pieces of paper, crumple up my hand, and do my best to not look at them when I did. Because I, I may not have been able to see past the lust. I may not be able to see past the the image that's portrayed there and the 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 primping and propping and whatever else may be involved in in making this person look like a sexual object. However, even as I did that, and in whatever way you look away, whether it's you know your your filter comes up on your computer and all of a sudden you're redirected and you're not seeing what you thought you were going to see, or you're walking down the street and you and you see somebody who's quote unquote just your type or you're tempted to get online or get on a, an app and hook up with somebody, instead of like trying to see that person in the moment, you, we can at least practice. So I'm just a few ideas. Number one, we can practice perceiving of that person, thinking about that person as a whole human being. You know, in my 20 years of ministry, 20 plus years of ministry, I have never met a person who's been involved in habitual sexual sin or who's been involved in being used sexually who does not have a broken past whose path, when you look back on it, does not have shrapnel, does not have carnage on it. Every single person who gets caught up in sexually exploitive behaviors uh, or sexual addictions or sexual behaviors that, that they're acting on, every single one has some brokenness in their past that's led to this point. They're taking legitimate needs to illegitimate sources. They're taking deep, deep soul and body wounds and doing their best to either numb them or try to resolve them or try to reverse them through sexual acting out. So as you think about trying to think about those that you're typically tempted to lust after, those you want to avoid, what's their story? Just imagine for a moment, I mean, and, and know from, from me and from other resources that there's sexual abuse often in, in people's past. Um, there's, there's being treated as in sexually exploitive ways. Um, and sometimes the, especially in pornography or in some of the adult entertainment uh, industry, there are people who are literally sex slaves. They're being trafficked 
And that's how come they're, you know, they're on this pornography or in this strip club. Um, you might even just ask yourself or, or think about just what's common to being a human being. And so even if you don't know their story, that's one thing you can think about. But another thing to think about is just what's true about every human being. There's no such thing as a sex object. Sex, sexual sin, sex outside of marriage always has consequences. So what are some of those things? Um, I've read, I've read news articles on, on people who've been, uh, worked in strip clubs. And one of the difficulties is they're working at night and they're cut off from all their, their old family and their old friends. Um, and then what do you do when you get too old and, and you can't perform anymore? What do you put on your resume when you try to move to your next job? I mean, these are some of the realities that the, the porn industry or other adult entertainment industries don't want you to think about. Um, the, the rates of sexually transmitted diseases and sexually transmitted infections in the porn industry are much higher than that in the rest of the culture. Um, uh, the violence depicted in pornography is, is although the actors may act like they like it, they don't like it. <laughs> the majority of them are really being abused. And so what's the truth about when someone gets hit, when someone gets struck, when someone gets choked? Um, what's, what, what does a person look like when they wake up in the morning? Who do they go home to? What is their family and friends? What do their family and friends think about them? Where did they want to be when they were a little kid? No little kid dreams of growing up to be a porn star. Like what did they dream of? I mean, just think about those kinds of things. These are human questions because every single person depicted in any sexual place um, is it has a human story, not a porn star story, not a sexual object story. Um, which really does not include a story, but but a real human story. So just allow yourself to muse on what their, what their story be, what's their life like today. The other thing we can do is we can ask Jesus for eyes to see. Jesus repeatedly throughout his ministry seemed to see things that other people around him didn't see. He'd have a, a spiritual discernment in a moment. Sometimes God would, would, would tell him something. The Father would let him know something about the person that was actually true. Other times, it was just a, a level of compassion and mercy for someone. I think about the woman at the well in Samaria or the woman who was caught in adultery. Jesus seemed to see and know something about them, and he treated them with a love and a dignity that others around them didn't seem to have. They were on the, maybe one side or the other side of the ditch or the road. They were in one ditch or the other. But Jesus was on the road. He was seeing them as, as a human person in need of God, and he provided help for them. So we can ask Jesus, even as we think about their stories and try to imagine what what might be true about them, we can say, Jesus, would you give me your eyes to see? Tell me what you see. Give me your spiritual discernment that I might see them as you do. Last thing, if anything that I've shared here has stirred up some shame in you, some feelings of just feeling bad about the ways that you've used other people and not seen them as a person, or you've seen them as objects and and cut them off, but still fail to see them as a person, I don't share any of this to shame you, but it's okay to feel sadness and remorse about the ways that we've misused people or, or not seen them. And so let yourself feel some holy remorse before the Lord. This isn't about wallowing or beating ourselves up, but it is about saying, Lord, I feel badly. That's not the kind of person I want to be. Toxic shame and healthy shame are different things. Toxic shame is that you are uniquely bad, dirty, deficient. Um, but, but healthy shame is the kind that says, I was made for something better than this. And it hurts when I act in a way that I wasn't made for. So it's okay to feel those things and seek God's forgiveness for them. Seek God's forgiveness for them. Lord, I've misused my eyes. I've misused my mind. Help me to see people as you see me, see them and, and forgive me for my sins. 
Brothers and sisters, don't stay in the ditch of lust, but also don't jump out into the, into the ditch of seeing people as sex ops or as obstacles to avoid in your journey towards sexual integrity. Rather, let's let Jesus lead us on the road towards seeing people as men and women, human persons made in his image who need him, need him, need him, need him, just as we do. Lord, give us your eyes to see, give us your heart to love. Lord, always walk with us. We need you. Amen. Thanks for listening in. If you find the content of this podcast helpful, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. And if you'd like to check out more resources to help you in your journey towards becoming more whole, go to regenerationministries.org. Again, I'm Josh Glazer, and we'll see you next time.